It's time for the only local show in St. George with the top guests, the hot topics, and the most compelling conversations. It's the Andy Griffin Show on KDXU, Southern Utah's news talk leader. Hey, welcome to the show 10 minutes after 9 o'clock. That was such a cool and quick giveaway that I think I'm going to do it every day for the next few days because I have a, a few of those tickets. Uh, Forgotten Carols usually comes down here live play every year with Michael McLean, but because of COVID-19, they decided to do Forgotten Carols in, in movie form. But uh, we do have tickets to that. We've got uh, I've got pizzas to give away from the Blaze. I had the Blaze pizza last night. Oh, my gosh, it was good. You, you, it's, it's kind of the new trend now is to have, be able to like uh, stand in front of the food and, and order what you want. Of course we were masked up, but, uh, went in last night. It was like five o'clock and we were the, the only ones in line. I mean, by the time we left, there was, there were people there, a lot of people in line, but, uh, when we got there, it was right at five, nobody in line. And, uh, I just got to, I mean, they, they, they get this crust out and they say, all right, what do you want on your pizza? I'm like, what do you mean? Uh, do I just order a pet? And they're like, no, you can, anything you want. What kind of sauce do you want? What kind of toppings do you want? What kind of cheese? They had like five or six different kinds of cheese. Uh, and, uh, yeah, it was, it was pretty cool. Uh, and, and thanks to uh, blaze pizza again, uh, the package we, we gave away Rob Mortensen won it today. Congratulations, Rob. Uh, included two Forgotten Carols uh, movie tickets, two Blaze pizzas, and uh, two balsamic and olive oils from Redstone Olive Oil. Uh, and uh, I'm going to mail that out. I got his address. We're going to mail that out as soon as I get off the air here. So uh, thanks for listening to the Andy Griffin Show. Uh, we got some guests coming up uh, later on in the program at 930. We're going to hear from Chief Kyle Whitehead, kind of an unscheduled visit with him. But we're wrapping up our no-shave November. I still have my November beard, even though it's December 1st. I'm actually... Uh, trying to decide what to do with this beard. I talked to it last night at dinner with my wife, my daughter, and my dad, and they all three had different opinions on how I should do the beard. My dad says, shave it off. My wife says, uh, yeah, shave it off except the mustache. And my daughter uh, says, uh, uh, keep it. And uh, no, let's see, my dad says, shave it off. My wife said, uh, mustache or mustache and goatee. My daughter says, keep it. Uh, she said, my beard makes me look younger. My beard is gray. I'm not sure how that would make me look younger, but that's what she said. Uh, so anyway, uh, we'll have to decide what to do. But but uh, Chief Whitehead is going to come on and talk about why we did no shave November, who benefited uh, from uh, as we uh, shaved our beards out and uh, got the uh, cool police patches. In fact, I have this SGPD uh, cancer, uh, raise money for cancer uh, patch, even though I'm not a sheriff or a police officer. They let me uh, play and kind of be included in that. That was kind of cool. At 9.45, we're going to talk with Ed Tracy. You say, who's Ed Tracy? Well, you've probably heard of him if you've been in town a while. He's kind of a local celebrity. Uh, but Ed is going to come on and talk about the new Washington City Chamber of Commerce. I'm not sure. Well, he's going to explain exactly what it is. It seemed like they had one before, and then they didn't, and now they do. And I don't know. We'll, we'll get the details from Ed as he comes on the air at 9.45 today. For the first uh, about 15, 20 minutes here, we're going to have open lines. If you want to call, if you've got something on your mind, 673-5890 is the phone number. Uh, if you just want to chat about uh, kind of what's the foremost in your mind. I thought it was very illuminating yesterday listening to Mark Stein, who was uh, guest hosting for Rush Limbaugh, uh, as he went over the uh, numbers. These are real numbers. They aren't made-up numbers. These are actual numbers that were reported on the election. Now, I'm going to tell you my experience. Uh, I was here till midnight on election night. Uh, and when I shut it down, when I, when I left work that night, 
And I, you know, I'm going to get home and get three or four hours of sleep before I came back. So, so I left around midnight. I knew I had to be back here around five. Uh, when I left, Donald Trump had a significant lead in every one of those battleground states. And we're talking Wisconsin. We're talking Michigan. We're talking Arizona. We're talking Pennsylvania. We're talking uh, North Carolina. He was leading in all of those. And in some of them, Pennsylvania in particular, significantly ahead, like, like 600,000 votes ahead. When I got back here five and a half hours later, or whatever it was, four and a half hours, whatever it was, anyway, when I got back here, uh, the lead was all but gone in all of the states. And then within an hour and a half or so of being here, Biden was all of a sudden winning every one of those races. And, uh, and so uh, Mark Stein was saying yesterday, uh, the, the crazy thing was the vote done. They're calling them vote dumps. There were, there were cars or trucks that showed up in the night in between those hours, in between 12 and 6, uh, with votes, large amounts of votes, like hundreds of thousands of votes, and a, a huge percentage, like a disproportionate, almost an un- uh, well, uh, amount, uh, the amount of votes for Biden in place instead of Trump were, were significant enough that statistically it shouldn't be possible. It shouldn't be possible for one guy to get 90-something percent of the votes uh, in an election that's that close. Even, even a district that is heavy one fa- you know, for, for one party, it's, it's still going to be 80-20 you know, or something like that. It's not going to be 95-5%. It's just, it's just unheard of. And so... All this, all this uh, hearsay or whatever, you know, they're saying, well, we, we don't have proof. We need proof. They're, I think the proof is out there. And, and I think, look, if, if it walks like a duck and talks like a duck, no offense to Seth and his ducks, uh, it, it's probably a duck. And uh, the question now that I keep getting is, uh, okay, you're convinced that there's fraud. In fact, a lot of people, most of the country is convinced that there was some real uh, – not good things going on with the election, some hanky-panky going on with the election. But the question then becomes, well, does it matter, and is it too late? And I don't have, a, I don't have an answer to those questions. Does it matter? Yes, it matters, of course. Uh, but when you go, does it matter, is it too late together, then you start going, oh, hmm, maybe, maybe it doesn't matter because it is too late. Um, certainly the media has already crowned Joe Biden president or president elect, I guess, if you will. Um, it, it's kind of embarrassing for me to be part of what they call the media. Now that this, it's an interesting deal. We're a news talk station. We do news uh, most of the morning and I am, I am encouraged to be, uh, as unbiased as I can. And I, and I try to be, uh, but it's funny the news service that we use, and we've used several news services here at KDXU, but the news services that we use are inherently liberal. And so when I get, you know, we come in here, Allie and I come here in here in the mornings, and we go through, first thing we do is go through, uh, go through the news service and look for all the latest news. Of course, we, all, we have our own stories we're gathering and stuff, and I'm in charge of the weather and the sportscast as well. But as we're gathering our news, we have to make determinations on what stories we're going to lose, we're going to use. And, and one of the hard things in really in recent times, in, and it wasn't this way even a year and a half ago, well, it, almost a year, year and almost two years, a year and nine months ago when I started this job, I didn't feel like our news sources, our wire services were very 
were very liberal. I thought they were pretty middle of the road. But just in the last, I would say, seven, eight months leading up to the election, no coincidence there, uh, our, our, our news sources, our Metro source news sources and, and, and Associated Press and CNN, they have become incredibly biased. And so not only are we, you know, when we get here in the morning, are we trying to gather the news that we want to present for the day, but we have to gather the news and then filter out their bias that they're sending to us. And, you know, I mean, news sources, you know, you get news sources. Most, most newspapers use Associated Press. It used to be UPI, too. I don't know if you remember that, United Press International. They, there used to be two news services. UPI kind of went went by the wayside, and they, Scripps Howard came in. You were, that was one of the news services a lot of people use. In uh, radio, uh, Metro Source has been a big one for, man, a couple of decades now. Uh, but to have it, to, to, to make our, it, really it makes our job a lot more challenging now because, like I said, we have to gather uh, the, the national news stories that we get. We're, of course, we're gathering our local news stories but then when we get the, the national news stories, we have to then sit there and go, okay, what's really happening here? And I can tell you this, every story about Joe Biden that comes across our wire, our Metro Source Newswire and Associated Press, they call him President-Elect Joe Biden. Every one of them that we get calls him President-Elect Joe Biden. Now, I'm, I'm going, okay, is that a real thing? Is, I mean, I've heard it in the past, and, you know, presumably it is given to the guy who has won. But, but who declares that? And, of course, we don't, have, we don't have the Electoral College meeting for another uh, 13 days. Boy, it's going to be a chaotic 13 days if President Trump is going to do anything about what's going on, his, his team of lawyers. Uh, but as you, you know, as you get this, story after story after story that says president-elect joe biden and by the way just for the record i leave that out of the story when i read a story a new story in the morning say ali and i we, we leave it out because in our minds uh it's irresponsible to call him that until it's official so anyway yeah we get that we get that all morning long and it's Every story, whether it's a you know story about a Senate race in Georgia or the presidential election or the cabinet that Mr. Biden is building, uh, you know it's 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 very every news source we get is is very liberal. In fact, uh, if you were conservative in Utah, uh, it used to be KSL was one a station that you can count on, but KSL remember they use they they are an affiliate of NBC, and they have to use. NBC is their news source for national stories. And as they're putting their news together, they're getting, you know, a full-on liberal assault. And I personally don't believe KSL's done a very good job of editing out that liberal assault. Uh, they're running with it. You know, and it, it, it's surprising to me, considering how conservative KSL news used to be and how liberal that they are becoming. And, you know, this is a... This is a station that's owned by the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints and, you know, a bastion of conservatism, at least it's supposed to be. And, <clears throat> and then to have your station uh, just, you know, use the national news service and, and, and not edit it and not try to focus it on its audience, that's one of the challenges I have here at KDXU. As we go through our newscasts and we do our, our daily, they call it budget meeting, where you plan out your stories for the day and stuff, uh, we are always thinking about what do our listeners want to hear on KDXU. Not what is the news, because that's, that's important, but 
but that's a kind of a given. Okay, what's news? Now, uh, what news source are we going to use? And if we use that news source, are we going to have to edit the way that they present the story? It all, it all comes, it goes into what, what we're trying to accomplish each and every day. So uh, just, just so you're aware, uh, it's not imagined that the media is biased, that the media is liberal. That is not imagined at all. I've been in newsrooms for 30-plus uh, years now. And I usually, in those morning budget meetings with the reporters and editors, I would say out of uh, the average meeting would have uh, 10 to 15 people in it. There might be two of us that are conservative people. The rest of them were liberal people. I mean, it, it, this, this, this career, this, it, it breeds liberalism. And that bleeds into now what they do and how they present the news to you and I. And uh, anyway, I'm, I'm going to keep fighting the good fight. I'm not complaining. I'm just letting you know that, uh, that it's a challenge every morning as we get the news from our national news sources to, to make sure that they reflect uh, uh, not, not that liberal bias, but either a conservative bias or no bias at all, the, the best we can do there. So uh, do you remember back in end of March, uh, and we do have a couple of calls. I'll take your calls here in just a second. Uh, do you remember the end of March when masks showed up? Before, before March, uh, the only time I saw people wearing masks were, you know, medical professionals or the occasional Chinese tourist or Japanese or whoever's wearing them. I don't know. And uh, I... N- in my mind, never did it out loud, but in my mind, I mocked the tourists that were wearing masks uh, as being uh, overly paranoid and, uh, you know, along that ilk. Uh, and so uh, when the CDC and the WHO came out with this statement at the end of February that said, uh, people stop buying masks. They are not effective in preventing general public from catching coronavirus. This is a direct quote from Anthony Fauci. Uh, the WHO even stood with that longer, saying, "Hey, we don't masks don't prevent this disease. Don't wear masks." Now everybody said, "Well, they changed their mind, and they should be allowed to change their mind. They should be allowed to change their mind." But what has changed? Why did their mind change? That's what I want to know. Talk a little bit more about that in just a second, but let's uh, get to those callers before we have our guests come in. Uh, hey, you're on with Andy this morning. What's on your mind? Hey, not much, Andy. How you doing? I'm doing great. Good. So I, I tuned in just a minute ago, and I heard you talking about you know the news, the newsrooms, and how the majority of them are yeah. are uh, you know very liberal, uh, liberal, liberal-minded people. Why? Can I ask you? I mean, I have my own theory, but can I ask you why do you think that is? Hmm. Why? Why? Do, why are they liberal? That's a good question. I generally, I, I don't know. What's your theory? So my theory is is that uh, as we've learned, the media has a lot of power. Mm-hmm. They get to influence how people think, and so that's my reason why people who have liberal uh, beliefs go into that profession because it gives them the opportunity to have power over people, to have you know, to be able to control the way that they think so you're my opinion so you're saying that they didn't become liberal uh it's not a coincidence that they were journalists and liberals that they were liberals and they wanted to promote that agenda and that's why they became journalists 
I think I think so. Okay. Okay. I I I believe that is true in some of the people that I knew. Uh, yep. I have a former editor. I'm not going to use her name. She's passed away now, so we won't uh, we won't bag on her name. But I, a former editor of mine who was incredibly liberal, and she loved having the power to tell people how and what to think. Uh, yep. And fortunately, I was a sports editor at the time, so I could kind of ignore her. <laughs> but, but I know exactly what you're talking about for sure. Yep. That, that's my take on it. Okay. Thanks for the call. Appreciate it. Um. So, did they were they liberal before they became journalists, or did they become journalists and 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 become liberal then, or is it a coincidence? Uh, you know, back in 1994, I was a sports editor of the uh, of the Spectrum, the local newspaper. Uh, we had uh, an incredibly liberal managing editor. Uh, the publisher, which so newspaper hierarchy, there's the publisher, which is. Uh, uh, not really the guy who owns the company. He's the guy that's in charge of what, what gets published. And then uh, the publisher is in charge of, you know, the advertising and the sales and all that stuff, but also in charge of uh, kind of the overseer in charge of the editorial department as well. Uh, and then you have the editor-in-chief. And I had this editor-in-chief, and she was incredibly liberal, very, very liberal. And uh, and then uh, the editor-in-chief is in, in charge of the other uh, actual, you know, sections, uh, features, uh, news, sports, uh, business, et cetera, et cetera. And, and so uh, it was easy for me because I was the sports guy back then to ignore all their stuff. They would get, they would get in that room and they would talk about all their, their, their things that they wanted to do stories on and, and stuff. And uh, finally, at some point during the meeting, and I found this to be true in a lot of meetings I've gone to in, in, in my career uh, 95% of the meeting had nothing to do with me. But when they finally get around to the sports, they say, hey, what do you got in sports? And I'd say, well, uh, we're going to cover all the sports. And they would go, okay, next. And then that would be it. And I'd be okay with that. I didn't want to play their little uh, media liberal game. But uh, anyway, uh, the the other thing that uh, in, in sitting in budget meetings in newsrooms uh, over the years, over the decades, uh, the other thing that I was uh, struck with, and this is completely coming true and being borne out now, is the idea that if somebody didn't like you, if somebody was mean to you, if somebody uh, did something unkind to you as an editor or as a, as a writer in a newspaper or now a blog or whatever, uh, you would – you had the power. What was this? One of, one of my editors used to say, never underestimate the power of the pen, they used to say. And so, uh, it, and it even happened in sports. They'd say, oh, if a coach won't talk to you, just light him up. This, you, you put, wow, the coach refused comment, which made them look bad. That, that always makes people look bad. They refused to comment, and then you would write whatever you were going to write anyway. I, I didn't do that. I didn't find that to be uh, fair. But that was kind of the attitude in newsrooms was, uh, well, you have the power, and if they're not going to play ball with you, you can make them look bad. And that's, in my opinion, that's what's happened with Donald Trump over the last four years, is he refused to play their game, and so they, the power of the pen, has decided to make him look bad. Let's go back to the phone lines. Caller, hey, uh, how you doing this morning? What's on your mind? Good morning, Andy. Morning. Quick, quick comment about Brandon Hansen and reverse mortgages. Yeah. Um, I appreciate I appreciate you uh, asking him the question, but unfortunately, uh, asking Brandon Hansen about him is like asking the fox if it's a good idea to spend the night in in a hen house for a hen. <laughs> yeah. uh, I'd really find somebody 
who doesn't have a horse in the race, and let's talk about reverse mortgages because we only talk about them superficially. Uh, find somebody who's willing to talk about who gets left holding the bag if a reverse mortgage at the end of its uh, term. Uh, who, who's holding the bag at the end of that? Let's let's find somebody that's willing to talk about that. Okay, that'll be my next project early next week. I, I appreciate that very much. So back to the the question of liberal or conservative news. There's no such thing as liberal news or conservative news. There's only the news. Mm-hmm. Of course, the way it's presented is really what we're talking about. Correct. And so the reason why there's so many liberals in the media, besides what we've already talked about, it's because of our education system. Ooh. The colleges are liberal, the, the uh, high schools, depending on where you're at. Now, it's not so bad here, but it is here. Trust me, it is here mm-hmm. that we teach our young people to be liberals, to think socialism is good and capitalism is bad. And we're so far down this road, I don't see how we're going to uh, be able to steer that, um, you know, away from where we're at. And so it kind of reminds me of the uh, Declaration of Independence. And it talks about, um, in the course of human events, when it becomes necessary for one group to separate itself, its political bonds from another, well, that's where we're at. We, we're we never going to reconcile. Do you ever really see a point where uh, liberals and conservatives are going to get together and agree on anything anymore? Nope. I sure don't. Yeah, I don't either. And so we kind of have our 1776 moment. It's time for us to separate our political bonds from the liberals, from the collectivists. I just don't know how that that uh, winds up playing out without there being another civil war. And I don't want a civil war. I'm not calling for for that. But we really find ourselves in a place where there are irreconcilable differences. We yeah. have to separate. I just don't know how we do it. Yeah, we can't divorce them, unfortunately. Uh, but, but we need to do something like that. You're right. You're right. Mm. Yeah, so anyway, thank that's you for your time, Andy. Yeah, Appreciate thanks for the call. That's That's kind of scary, though. Oh, man. Uh, but but he's right. I mean, when when are we ever going to get together? Uh, it, it's so emotional now. Uh, political is emotional. It, it has become that way big time. You just you just try and sit down and have a rational, logical thought with someone who has completely different political views than you. Tell me how that goes. There's going to be emotion. There's going to be yelling. There's going to be tears. It's not like it used to be. Of course. Being a Democrat is not like it used to be either. That's changed quite a bit. All right, we've got to get a weather break in, and Chief Whitehead is going to join us right after this. Had a lot of fun today so far. It's 9.37 on KDXU. Thanks for tuning in. Uh, we, we gave away, uh, let's see, Rob called early in the show, got uh, two Blaze pizzas plus two tickets to Forgotten Carols plus uh, a balsamic and an olive oil from Redstone Olive Oil. So there was that. And then uh, we had uh, some open lines and uh, took some phone calls. I've taken some emails. Uh, the only bad news so far is uh, we got... Uh, I haven't heard from Coach uh, from uh, Chief Whitehead yet. I, I keep wanting to call him Coach. I don't know why. Seems like a coach. Anyway, I actually saw Kyle uh, Whitehead, uh, Chief of Police, last night at Blaze. We went, like I said, went and tried the Blaze pizza. It was fantastic. And uh, 
And Chief Whitehead was there on a daddy-daughter date. I thought that was really sweet. Uh, he was there with his, uh, I want to say, 8-year-old, maybe? Uh, anyway, and, uh, yeah, uh, he actually, <laughs> he's already shaved his beard. Now, I don't know if you uh, heard heard this when he was on last week, but uh, Kyle uh, had uh, never grown a beard in his entire life. And so, uh, and I'm not sure how old he is. I'm guessing, you know, mid to late 30s. Uh, but uh, he said he'd never grown a beard in his life, and this was a first. He grew his beard, and it turned out it was it was orange or red, I guess. If we're calling it hair red, and uh, it was pretty thick and full. He said there were some patchy spots, but to me it looked pretty good. Uh, I saw him about uh, like on the 24th, I think, something like that. Uh, I was I was kind of excited to see him at, with the month ending, and, uh, well, he shaved <laughs> he it off already. So, anyway... Uh, we were going to have uh, we're going to have Kyle Whitehead on. Uh, hopefully, this is him. Uh, let's go to the phone lines. Is this Chief Whitehead? This is. I apologize. So oh, there you are. Yeah, I yeah. just tried to chase someone out as quick as I could. So. <laughs> no worries. I was just talking about your red beard uh, and the fact oh. that you you shaved it really fast. I didn't get to see the finished product. I saw you uh, like the twenty fourth or something like that, but I didn't get to see the finished product. Uh, I. I, yeah, I probably could have uh, sent a. I could probably send a photo or something. Yeah, let's get a photo. It, it, looked, it really didn't look any different than when I came in. Like I say, it wasn't a real quick growing beard. It just kind of was there. So it, it seemed pretty thick, Kyle. I, I, you know, I was impressed. You did all right. Yeah, well, at least it, it's it was, not. It was fun. At least it's not gray like mine, right? <laughs> yeah, well, it, it it takes all colors and shapes and <laughs> styles, I guess. Hey, can we talk a little bit about why we did the, the uh, beard contest? I, I mean, obviously, it's for fun, and we have a good time. And I, I actually quite enjoyed not shaving for a month. That was really good. Yeah. But yeah. there was actually an ulterior motive. Uh-huh. Can you talk about that a little bit? Yeah, absolutely. So, you know, we, we've been touched a little bit, even in the police department recently, um, by cancer. As, as most people would know, if you sh- uh, look online and read about No Shave November, mm-hmm. um, it is done in support of people that have gone through chemotherapy um, that lose their hair. And so uh, we w- were hoping to, to support uh, not just cancer survivors, but all people who have gone through cancer treatment and who've lost their hair and, and at the same time raise some money to, to be able to um, donate to the cancer, the uh, Intermountain Cancer Center here in St. George. And uh, we realized it wouldn't be a lot of money uh, on, on the grand scale of things, but still it was an opportunity for, for the department and, and those from the community that wanted to, to buy in to uh, provide a little bit of service through the month of, of November. And so, yeah, we came up with, uh, actually the idea was uh, approached uh, Chief Barfus, Blair Barfus from the university, he approached me several months ago about doing it, if we could do it in partnership with their agency. And so we decided that would be be a lot of fun. And so we did a little bit of a competition back and forth and and had some things on social media, but mm-hmm. um, just allowed the officers to grow out facial hair this first time in the history of the St. George Police Department that I'm aware of, at least since I've been here, that officers have been allowed to, to grow facial hair. And so... Like, I, like you mentioned, there was a little bit of a fun twist with it. Yeah. And we just, uh, you know, wanted to keep it exciting and fun. But at the same time, it's for something very serious and, and something that all of us, I think, feel uh, passionate about and have, you know, most of us have been touched in one way or another by, by cancer, yeah. whether it's been personally or 
a family member or a friend. And so. Yeah. Well, first of all, a great cause and kudos on you and Chief Barfus for participating. Uh, and uh, like, like you said, in the grand scheme of things, we didn't raise a lot of money, but we uh, at least put our money where our mouth is and maybe put our beard where our mouth is and, and uh, hopefully made people aware. And uh, like you said, I think everyone, I don't know anybody that hasn't at least had a family member that has had to deal with cancer. So I lost my mother-in-law. She was only 62 or 63 years old, which, you know, in today's day and age, that's pretty, pretty darn young yeah. uh, to die from cancer. I know you've had some issues with it as well. And so uh, Dean Cox, our county, one of our county commissioners, is going through uh, some, you know, he had to have bone marrow transplant and stuff to help fight his cancer. So uh, it's there, and it's not going away anytime soon. Uh, so uh, good that we were able to put this cause together or that you guys were able to put it together. I was uh, glad to be able to participate. Have you seen John Pike, by the way, in the last day or two? Does he still have his beard? Or I have not seen him. Um, I suspect he probably does, uh, but maybe he shaved it. I don't know. But he had a had a pretty good beard going um, last week when I saw him. He grew it out last year and actually kept it for a couple of months. Uh, wow. And I said, what, what are you doing? November's over. He said, well, my wife kind of likes it, so I'm going to keep it for yeah. a little while. <laughs> so, yep. I don't, I'm not sure what to do with it. Now, what's what's the police policy going forward? Is uh, Beard's gone? Is it, you know, Everybody had to shave yesterday? Or? Yep. Yep, beginning uh, or today. today. Yeah. Um, so the, the beard growing was only through November. And so starting today, December 1st, it's back to normal. Um, our, our grooming standards allow a mustache, mm-hmm. but no facial hair. Okay. And there's a reason behind that. It's not just, uh, you know, some people may think, well, what's the big deal, you know, in today's day and age? Um, but there are uh, certain assignments, uh, certain things in the police department operationally. Um, if we have to put on a gas mask, for example, the facial hair can interfere interfere with a seal. Oh, yeah. Um, and so that potentially could, could be harmful to the officer if, you know, we had a, a riot situation or we're on a barricaded person and, and we have to use those chemical munitions, um, the officers, you know, potentially would would affect the officer if, if they, their gas mask wasn't able to seal. And so um, that's that's one of the reasons. It's just like the fire department with the uh, self-contained breathing apparatus that they wear, the, the yeah. face masks. Yeah. They have to have be clean-shaven as well, except for mustaches. And so, well, uh, Again, uh, thank you for coming on, Kyle. Always great to talk to you. It was fun to see you last night at, the, at Blaze Pizza. How was your pizza? Turned out good? It was great. Yeah, awesome. the place. The thing I like about it is I can just load up as much as I want. That's right. So That's it's right. always good when you can pick the, the, your own toppings. Yeah, and, and, and they don't put any of those icky vegetables on it for me. <laughs> yeah, I, I, some, some like them, some don't. So. Yeah, I'm not a big fan. Well, Kyle, thanks, and we'll see you later on this month. We'll have you on the program, and we'll talk more about, uh, well, no beards and, and things like that. But thank you for uh, letting me play, and I got this pink patch right here in my studio, and uh, I'm very proud of it. Great. Well, thank you. Appreciate all you do. All right. See you later. Kyle Whitehead, the chief of police for the St. George uh, City. Uh, we've got to get a quick break, and we come back. Ed Tracy is going to join me on the air. Ed is going to talk about something going on over there in Washington City. What? A Chamber of Commerce? Yeah. He's he's going to – maybe I'll turn his mic up now. Is, is, am I'm I here. This right? Am I getting this right, Ed? Yep. Oh, yeah. we got lots of stuff going on in Washington. Very excited. Big night tonight. Too, Big right? night. Yep. All right, uh, let's uh, let's take a break. When we come back, uh, Ed will join us uh, officially. A uh, chance so, uh, to thank Joe Shoney. Joe Shoney is a big sponsor of this show, has been for a long, long time. We appreciate Joe. Uh, he puts himself out there. 482 reviews online, and his average score is 4.91 stars. 
And what does Joe do? Joe is a loan consultant, and uh, he'll let you know about uh, about home loans, refis, reverse mortgages, uh, home equity lines. I mean, he knows it all, and uh, he's an expert. And the best part is he then conveys that knowledge to you, the consumer, so you're not left in the dark. I've had many a loan in my life where it's like, what's going on with the loan? Well, you can't get a hold of the guy. That's not how Joe Shoney is. Joe Shoney is there for you. Incredible. 4.91 out of 5 stars online. His phone number is 435-590-6300. Welcome back to the program, The Andy Griffin Show. It's 948. Ed Tracy is on with me now. Ed What's up, Andy? A, a local celebrity. Is that the best way to term you, Ed? A legend in my own mind. <laughs> Look at Sharp today. Got the tie on Thank you, buddy. Traffic court, you know. Uh, yeah, well, yeah. Got to get your points off so you can keep your license. Exactly. Right? We got a big day today, so that's why I'm dressed up. <laughs> All right. Now, uh, explain. Uh, Washington City did, didn't have a Chamber of Commerce, but they did, but they didn't. What, what's going on? Yeah, you know, they've had probably uh, some semblance of a chamber off and on for the last 80 years, mm-hmm. and um, things just weren't working out. I think in 2015, they folded into the St. George Area Chamber of Commerce with the hopes of kind of growing the numbers. but. Mm-hmm. Washington has grown, obviously. Oh, yeah. Every time you drive down fi- Highway 15, you look at Exit 13, you look at some of those things going on down there. There's a lot of growth. And uh, so the businesses are wanting their own identity. And so we have brought back, revitalized, reorganized, resurged the Washington Area Chamber of Commerce. And uh, we started about a month ago, got close to 100 members, which is great. Cool. And tonight is our kickoff mixer, which we, of course, put off because of the the spike in COVID last month, so we regrouped, right. and, and tonight we've got a little kickoff mixer. All right. Tell us about the time and place and what to expect. Uh, elephants, trumpets, trombones. <laughs> like, like like the parade in Aladdin, right? Yeah. <laughs> Except I don't look good in that outfit. Golden camel. So, yeah. <laughs> so tonight at 530 to 730 at the Holiday Inn Express and Suites on Town Center Drive in Washington, which, if you're not familiar with the area, is Coral Canyon right next door to the Zion Harley-Davidson shop. Okay. Uh, we will have a kickoff mixer and a ribbon cutting for the Holiday Inn Express and Suites as uh, not our first official member, but our first official ribbon cutting for a new member. And uh, the mayor will be there. The, you know, uh, I think you guys will have somebody down there. Yeah. Uh, the Spectrum will send somebody down, of course. And uh, we'll have uh, opportunity drawings. We'll have a tour of the hotel. They just did a big remodel down there uh, over the last couple of months, which was perfect timing. They actually planned the remodel before COVID hit. So oh. it was perfect timing for them. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, we're, we're expecting quite a crowd down there. Very cool. Uh, yeah. time, time again, I already forgot. 5, Five, 5.30 to 7.30. The okay. ribbon cutting will happen at 6. And uh, we'll have a lot of a lot of fun. You know me. I, we don't do anything just kind of <laughs> halfway. I do you know, I do know Ed. You know, we, we go yeah. back a ways now. Yeah, yeah. Ed, Ed and I were on the uh, staff of a, a newspaper startup that we tried, and, and, and it lasted a little while. But yeah, like a week, uh, <laughs> maybe two months. But uh, yeah. yeah, it didn't last as long as we had hoped. Yeah. It, you know, and, and you know, you know, Gail Staley tried. He had yeah, a, he good had guy. The, had the paper up north. I had right. one in Cedar City. Thought he could make it work in St. George. Unfortunately, in in modern times, so the print newspaper is kind of a, a, it's a dying, tough thing. dying breed. Yeah. It's a tough, kind of like us, but and, we're, we're still around, though. And Ed was trying to sell ads for a, news, a print newspaper, which I'm like, yeah. good luck, Ed. Yeah. Uh, I could have I done better doing chiseled granite, uh, and, you know, like Fred Flintstone. Yeah. yeah. But so, it was good. And but, we, we made some good friendships out of that, and, right. and here we are. 
That's right. And again, I don't, I don't hold Staley's at fault at all. I mean, they, they gave me a job temporarily yeah. and you, and we, and we tried to make it work, but shoot, I can't even read. So I don't, <laughs> I've heard that. No, <laughs> uh, no, but you look good. And that's all that really. Hey, happens, thanks. Right? Uh, by the way, uh, I haven't seen if the mayor has shaved his beard, but it was quite a beard. Yeah. I heard yeah. you guys talking about that. The guy, the guy can grow facial hair, man. Like in a minute, uh-huh. like you can yeah. hear it growing. <laughs> <laughs> like he like breathes heavy and it comes Ma- out. He's Mayor just, Pike, yeah. I'm, I'm jealous. <laughs> this uh, is like eight months worth of growth here. It's not good. Really? Oh, it's, I, not, it's not pretty. I this is exactly one. I shaved on November first. It's now December first. So I have exactly a month on my face right now. Yeah, that would take me two years to grow that <laughs> in spots. Well, it wouldn't be this gray though. No. Oh, I don't know about that. I think I'm right up there with you now. By the way, I, I did promise a, a lady called uh, during one of the commercial breaks, and she said, I don't really want to go on the air, but if you could pass this on. We had a guy call in uh, a couple of weeks ago, and he said uh, best thing about Biden winning, which is still debatable, but right. uh, the best thing about Biden winning is that we won't have a first lady with an accent in the White House anymore. I was like, whoa, did you really say wow. that? Wow. Yeah. Uh, this lady called today, and she said, just for that guy, and, and he called in yesterday, by the way, but she said, just for that guy, uh, would you tell him this and speak slowly so he'll understand? Uh, she said, everyone has an accent. Everyone, no matter where it's you're true. from. Yeah. true. So I grew up in New York City. I don't know if I ever told you that. Really? Born, you don't... Yeah, born and raised in Queens. No. And my joke has always been I moved out west in the early 90s to learn how to speak English. So, <laughs> right. But if I'm tired or wanting to kill my kids, that accent comes back in a heartbeat. Can you, dro- can you drop the accent right now? Can yeah, you- for sure. Oh, oh, nice. Hey, how you doing? How's it going? You sound like Joe Pesci. Hey. <laughs> or Fonzie. Yeah. <laughs> we had a turkey the size of an unbelievable for Thanksgiving. That's pretty good. Thanks. Way to go, Ed. <laughs> I, I guess you just revert back to your roots. Uh, I try not to. I keep the attitude, but not the accent. I think if, if you know, they say if you can make it there, you can make it anywhere in New York. Mm, mm, I don't think so. You so know, the streets are numbered. It's pretty easy to survive in New York. There's a deli on every corner. <laughs> That's right. And and thick crust pizza. Right? Oh yeah, yeah. I I actually grew up. Uh, well, we, we moved from Nevada to Texas, and uh, during my formative years, I lived in Texas. And uh, when we moved to Utah, when I was a teenager, I had a very thick Texas accent. Uh, I found out that you get teased a lot if you're in high school and you mm-hmm. have a weird accent. Yes. And so it was honestly, I remember consciously deciding when I was a sophomore in high school, I'm going to learn how to not have a texas accent and so i every day i worked on it's not saying five and nine and how you y'all reckon and things Mm -hmm. like that and and uh, i managed to i managed to get rid of it for the most part well and i was i was in the air force for 12 years so i i traveled a lot went to different countries stationed in different states and i think just the combination of all that just killed whatever accent i had Mm, yeah it'll do uh, it yeah. yeah We moved a lot too. Yep. Same, Witness same protection too. You and me. <laughs> my dad <laughs> Your was actually not a, Griffin, is it? My dad was actually a TV weatherman, and get uh, out of town. That, that media business is a very transient business for the most part. One of the most hated men on television, the meteorologist, the, the weather guy. I, re- I remember we went to a church. Uh, we just moved into a new town. Went to church for the first time, and we're sitting in, uh, uh, listening to the to the guy talk in church, and he says said something about weathermen. He says, oh, everybody knows all weathermen lie. They're just idiots. <laughs> oh. And I'm sitting there next to my dad going, and then my mom raises her hand, and she says, I have a question. And she says, by the way, uh, I'm uh, Gene Griffin, and my husband here, he's the new meteorologist at Channel 4. And oh. the guy, guy turned white. Oh, boy. Oh, boy. <laughs> that was kind of funny. 
Kind of yeah, that's uh, it's always been a tough job. You because you say oh, it's going to be sunny and it pours and everybody's mad at you, like yeah. it's your fault. Yeah, my dad always likes to say. Somebody asked him what a twenty percent chance of rain means, and he said, "Well, you get ten meteorologists in a room, and two of them think it's going to rain. That's a twenty percent chance exactly. right there. That's exactly. that's the only way it works." I I always wanted to be uh, a TV guy and do that kind of thing. Uh, partial sports score for tonight: Stanford thirty-seven. <laughs> wait, wait, wait! What's the other one? <laughs> Yeah, no. Uh, again, the event is tonight, 5.30 to 7.30. 5.30 to 7.30, Holiday Inn Express and Suites over on Town Center Drive next to Zion Harley-Davidson. Coral and Canyon. it's free. We'd love to have you. You will have some uh, restaurants that will bring some goodies out. I was going to say, is there going to be food? Because uh, yeah, and you were talking about Blaze Pizza. Blaze Pizza's doing some food right. for us tonight. Right. Wing Nuts, Hash House Agogo, uh, Cafe Sabor will all uh, provide appetizers. Of course, we'll have some uh, non-alcoholic beverages. And uh, some great little giveaways. So when you say mixer, it's not uh, one of those kinds of mixers. Yeah, not a mix, not an Irish Catholic from New York mixer. <laughs> <laughs> and I can say that. So yeah, I, now now I heard uh, I heard through the grapevine that you and and Tyler Huntsaker, Hash House of Go Go guys, yeah. so you guys have a, a kind of a little two man show thing going. So on. it's actually my twin brother Kevin Fry from a Senior Saver Guide. They confuse us. I oh really? Yeah, I was on actually with Ali Hamblin and Brian Benware. Uh, on a sister sta- on another station here in town, we did uh, the eighty station for a while. It was Brian and the Cool Crew. We had a great time, and COVID kind of destroyed that for us. Yeah, you, so you were the Cool Crew. We were the Cool Crew. I was nice. I was the mouth. Imagine that. <laughs> and uh, I won't tell you which one of the D's I was on the station, but uh, anyway, yeah. So uh, we did that. But Kevin and Tyler have. A, uh, they call they call themselves the Karaoke Brothers, and they start with a karaoke tune, and uh, they interview local folks, and uh, it's over it's over at the university. Are they any good? Yeah, they you know they're pretty good. They're not as good as us. <laughs> well, or as, or as good looking. We're trained professionals. Yeah, okay. <laughs> you are. Uh, I got trained. <laughs> they put me in another room away from you. What what is that? Say? And it's not because of COVID. I think it's a COVID thing. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Uh, okay. Uh, the Chamber of I'm curious about this Chamber of Commerce thing because Washington City, in a lot of ways, has been a bedroom community. Sure, uh, absolutely. Which, which means not a lot of businesses, a lot of houses. That's changing a bit, though? Yeah, you know, when I moved here, and this is just my personal opinion, so those who that are in power in the two cities, don't hate me, don't send any hate mail, but, hate <laughs> mail, but it's always to me been St. George was, was where the businesses went and Washington was where the residents the residents were built. The mm-hmm. homes were built. But Washington is growing. I mean, yeah. uh, Exit 13, there's, and without getting into a lot of detail, there's a lot of retail going down there. There's a lot of business, uh, a lot of health care. Um, there's so many things happening in Washington. Um, it's always been kind of a what I call a mom and pop uh, retail business area. You know, there's a lot of, most businesses are so, yeah, under 10 employees. Yeah, under 10 right. employees or people that work from home. Um, a lot of telecommuters and so there's a lot of things happening and um it's good so good energy there's great things going on in washington it's it's good to see they're going to have a chamber of commerce and do their own thing and be their own thing i think that last check there was like 20 something that twenty three thousand or something residents in washington city and and it's growing they're building some major developments there's a development going down i think it's on the east side of town it's going to be 25 percent of the size of the original city of washington oh huge Um, and we have a great board, Susie Lafaele, who, who is the fair director, um, Lil Barron, who, of course, you know from Huntsman World Senior Games, Colton yeah. Balmforth. 
from Ovation, uh, Sienna Hills, the new assisted living facility, Donna Moss from the Holiday Inn, and Sam Stuckey from Stuckey Family Pharmacy. That's our small but powerful board, and they're great. Very they cool. keep me in line. 530 Holiday Inn Express Come on in Coral down. Canyon. Thanks, Ed. Thanks, Andy. Great to talk to you today. This has been the Andy Griffin Show. Uh, tomorrow on the program, Dr. David Blodgett is with us to give us the lowdown and uh, Mayor Pike on Thursday. Thanks for listening.